So before this woman's baptism, both an elder and a sister were naked in the font. (laughs) (laughs) It's more than a podcast. They're more than best friends. It's more than an hour of laughing and crying and then going back to laughing again. It's more than a podcast. They're more than Welcome back to More Than Mormon. My name is Lena. And I'm Meg. We're glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. As usual, we like have been talking for a while before we started recording. And then Lena told me she had some exciting news to share with me. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it's exciting, but some church news. Yeah, some uh, church news. So we thought we were going to start the episode out today with some mormon church news because it feels like every time we record a podcast we like get off and then the church is doing something stupid so it's like when you go see, talk about it like back before the pandemic when you would like go see a movie in theaters and you turn your phone off and then you get out of theater and turn your phone on and it's like trump is president or like something crazy <laughs> and you're like how long have i been out see, every time exactly. we record that that like i feel like something that like that happens i like we're done recording i'm scrolling yep. and then it's like we don't get a planet. Yep. And I'm like, what the All fuck? of a sudden you're devastated. Because and I wanted. Shook all over again. I mean, I mean at this point, legitimately, accepted, that was the best part. I've accepted that I'm not going to get my own planet because I left the church. But I thought but for at the least, ones you love who yeah. were going to hang on strong, you were at least hoping, you know? I thought hang, when they came to visit Giving me, it the good old college try, you know? Exactly. I was rooting for them. I thought when they came that they could do it down to visit me from the celestial kingdoms from their planet, they would bring like a disposable camera pictures and they would show me pictures of their planet. At the least, right? Like I feel like I I I spent a good chunk of my life in the church. I feel like I at least deserve to see their planets. Come to find out, now I'm heartbroken. They're not even getting planets, so there's no way I'm getting like vacation pictures. No souvenirs, no t-shirt that said <laughs> My friends went to collab and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> oh my god, I have to have that t-shirt now. We have we to make that t-shirt. Make that shirt. <laughs> um, speaking of fantastic marketing, I am going to shout out the Ex-Mormon Candle Company. They Ooh, yeah. are amazing. Well, it's Exmo Candles. Um, anyway, I ordered two candles from them. I have been watching them make their stuff for a little bit now and i got them today just in time for the recording and i want to show you um kind of what they look like i have one that's lit so i'm not going to pull it over because i don't safety Uh, nope yeah you know safety you know um but this one is called porn shoulders and it's cracked coconut and fresh lime Ooh. i was going to light this one but because i have a crop top on and it's not showing my stunning porn shoulders i opted to go for the mood lighting for my little factory which is vanilla creme brulee and cinnamon that sounds delicious it smells winter amazing it does i'm kind of craving fall right now it's been hot as fuck 
So when I opened them up, it was twofold, not showing my porn shoulders, but also kind of craving fall. It smells incredible. Um, but the package was absolutely stunning. I made a TikTok and I put it up there right before we started to record because I just, I needed to get into the box, but I wanted to show everyone how absolutely gorgeous it is. Um, mm-hmm. The I one got that I have is... Signs and tokens little i don't even know i haven't even opened it yet anyway <laughs> they're amazing sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no it's okay i have the one that i have is called lazy learner um yeah it's like i almost a, got that one it's like a sea salt uh sort of smell i'm really sensitive to like fragrance so i had to get a more mild one but um i don't have it with me but trust me it smells good you know even though like i mean i'm not sitting far from my lit candle about a foot or so i mean it's not overwhelming but it definitely has a really good smell and we like scentsy warmers and stuff like that we love candles in our home so when i knew we were moving into a really nice home i was like okay I'm getting fancy Exmo candles. Got to support that ex-Mormon community and the small businesses because small businesses are getting it the most when it well, comes to COVID. And, speaking and a of, Mormon small business. An ex-Mormon. You know, ex-Mormon. Yeah. Sorry. Not that there's anything wrong with Mormon small business. Ex-Mormon um, small Peach Beach Shops is owned by a Mormon. We love them. Yes. Uh, yeah. I took a look at those earrings. I'm so excited to send them off to our winner. So, Speaking of, yeah. Exmo Candles just shared your TikTok on their story because I just got oh. the notification. So I just and she said, "I love your podcast, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy knowing these are with you now." They are, we love and you. I we do. We both have chatted back and forth. Mm-hmm. and they um they're wonderful i love them their company's amazing and honestly like this is so well done they even have the date when they made the candle and like poured everything written on the jar and it says scented candle hand poured with heathen hands <laughs> and i their marketing is it's unbelievable. It is so good. Go check them out. We'll link it below. Shout out to the Exmo Candle Company. Now that we have our not sponsored ad out of the way. <laughs> yes. We, yes. Uh, we have to talk about some Mormon news because there's so much going on these days in the Mormon church. Uh, yep. And none of it makes sense. <laughs> nope. So. As always. I mean, that at the least should not be surprising is that nothing makes sense nothing makes sense yeah um what i saw this week that well it didn't really shock me but you know it's one of those things where for a moment i'm like i can't believe they did that and then two seconds later i'm like no i can totally believe that they did that because they're a little shitty um they announced yeah yeah, just a little (laughs) shitty they announced that they were getting rid of like the saturday sessions of general conference like the relief society and priesthood ones which they already like a couple like not that long ago maybe a couple years ago they changed it to being like alternating like every other conference would have relief society and then the next conference would have priesthood so they changed that not long ago then they got rid of it they scrapped it all together uh as far as i understand uh and people got really upset about it 
And so they, I guess, I don't know, received revelation and they're like, just kidding, never mind. And they already, we didn't even get a conference without it before they already were like, never mind. And they put it back in. Yep. So it's Saturday, if you're, if you care, if you're a fan of Saturday session, like, congratulations, like, like great. God heard your prayers, but also like, what? <laughs> like, like it's so confusing. It's like, why? Why is it so hard to say, you know what, everyone genuinely wanted that Saturday session and we didn't think we were going to do it, but everyone really wants it. And so, you know, the people spoke and we heard it because would God really care? No. I mean, but whatever. (laughs) This is I just uh, finished editing the episode that's out now, the Emma Smith part two, and we talk about how in the our LDS church, which is now the community of Christ church, how it just seemed their attitude tends to be more of like, we as a community, like decide together with scripture and with prayer, like where, like the direction we're going and they still have leadership and they still have, I mean, it's still a pretty big church. So like, obviously there's a hierarchy to it, but it's so different than this, than the Mormon church, which is like the decisions come from the top, meaning Mm -hmm. literally God, but actually president nelson and his crew like the decisions come from the top and there's not really anything you can do to dispute it and even if you're one of those people who like you know doesn't sustain in general conference or whatever they just are like well talk to your stake president about it like nothing gets done like nothing actually happens no nope, uh just like how different it is to compare uh any organization church or not that's more like like you said, if their philosophy was, well, we heard what the people said and we made the wrong decision. We didn't think it. people cared about it. Turns out they do. So we'll bring it back. I mean, that's to me so much more relatable, so much more like human than to just put out these declarations of sun- Saturday session is canceled and then Saturday session is back on. Like, it's just confusing. It's There's like Uno when you like throw down the reverse card and then they <laughs> throw down the reverse card uh-huh. and then before you know it, you have another reverse card. It's just mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Or Mormon worse. Church really tries to play Uno like mm-hmm. a badass. Worse. <laughs> but where they are not badass. You lay down that like draw four and then they lay down and that draw four. The, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like and before you know it, you have to like cards. shuffle. Yeah. You have to like. <laughs> Head to Walmart and get a second deck. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that is how it feels to play Uno with the Mormon Church. It's hard. A billion percent. A and billion percent. I play Uno weekly with at little work children with, with kids. Uh, it's a great game when it's not like your eternal salvation at stake. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of so, work, this week flippity flops. <laughs> Oh, tell me, work, okay? This week, I was knee-deep in a creek. And (laughs) I didn't intend for that to rhyme so much. (laughs) (laughs) That really does not sound like Meg at all, so uh, story time. Well, and I promise this somehow connects to, like, Mormonism, but (laughs) I (laughs) went on a field trip with my kids at work. On Wednesday, we went to a local nature preserve. It was lovely. Visit your local nature preserves and state parks. It was a great time. Absolutely. So we went and we were catching crayfish in a creek, as one does. Um, And I just assumed we would be near the creek, like maybe on the shore of the creek, like 
maybe dip your toes into the creek. But no, I was knee deep in a creek with 16 of my closest friends who are all children and some chaperones catching crayfish. And oh, while God, I was... God, that sounds so Wisconsin. <laughs> it jealous. was actually like a blast. It was super fun. Uh, but I, the whole time I was... Well, not the whole time. I was thinking about my job. But I did, when I went back and looked at the pictures from the field trip, it just made me think of, like, in the church movies and, like, picture – well, not pictures, but, like, depictions of, like, people getting baptized way back in the day, like, in rivers and lakes and stuff. Like, I am now very familiar with the ecosystem of that creek. <laughs> it is – Yep. Other than, I suppose, being, like, made by God, I'm. it's not, like, a – it is a place special. I'd want to be baptized. Like it's no. a creek, but is I was just pondering on how we we traveled so quickly from like you get baptized down in the creek with the crayfish to like the like in this font the, the world's worst bathtub in front of like your loved ones wearing white to and then after that to like well if you're doing baptisms for dead people it has to be done in secret buildings on top of pools that are on the back of statues of oxen like it just really spiraled out of control it really did and i mean there are places that you know they do baptisms wherever there's water sometimes it does happen in a pool sometimes it happens in the ocean the lake or whatever you know so it doesn't necessarily like so it's not like, you know, something written in stone that you need to be at this font. But I remember as a missionary having someone who really wanted to be baptized outside in Lake Michigan. And because they Ooh, were a convert chilly. and didn't have anybody who really wanted to, like, do that for them, they did not get their wishes. And they were, you know. Oh, that's sad. Kind of uh I don't want to say forced, but they were Led. directed in another way. Yeah. It, which is unfortunate because that is supposed to be, you know, this special life-changing day. And if you really want to make it unique, mm -hmm. which is something the Mormon church usually appears as but is not when you're actually, like, in it. Everything is, you know, cut yeah. and dry, copy-paste or whatever. I just, I don't know. That's, like, disappointing. That is disappointing. I don't know. I do think it's, uh, I don't know, the fonts and even, like, the baptismal fonts in temples, they just have, like, community pool vibes to me, which is, oh, like, so... the worst vibe. It's, like, gross and, like, injuries are bound to happen and, like, germs mm -hmm. are everywhere and, like, it's just, it's not cute. Germs are everywhere. Germs are everywhere. <laughs> uh, but... I remember being on my mission too and having to like fill the font and it takes a long time. So it's like, you have to get there early and fill the font and actually, Oh my God, I just thought of a story that I don't <laughs> even know if I can tell on the podcast, but I'll tell it and I won't leave it. I won't put any names in. And then you tell me if we have to edit it out. Cause it is, this shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Like it, <laughs> I don't know how we wound up here from Mormon news, but on my mission, I won't even say what area, a woman was getting baptized, a convert, um, and so the sister missionaries, not me and my companion, but like other missionaries that we knew. This also just made me think of a really funny baptism <laughs> story. 
maybe that's today's theme. I mean, we were like, maybe. what are we even going to talk about today? Like, this is it. Oh, my God. So. Oh, my God. Okay, so <laughs> this woman's getting going to get baptized. Probably, like, let's say noon is the baptismal service. Noon on a Saturday. So these uh, sisters go hours earlier to, like, fill the font and, like, print the programs and get everything ready for this baptism. And my companion had served in this area, so we were going to go so she could see this pr- woman that she taught get baptized. So we drove – well, a member drove us from our area to this other area. And when we get there, the sisters are like, sisters, something crazy happened <laughs> in the font. <laughs> and we have to tell you because it's so – the shit was so bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Like they were like, we have to tell you because you just have to know. So they tell us this story, and essentially what happened was the font was, like, slowly draining. Like, the plug at the bottom, like, wasn't in all the way. So the water was – it was filling, but it was also draining. So they're, like, by the time so the someone baptism someone had to happens, go swimming to – Yeah. So – Checks out so far. <laughs> so they were – they tried with, like, the handle of a mop or something or, like, a broom, and, like, they just didn't – they didn't have, like, enough force to, like – push the plug Mm -hmm. in so they're thinking on their feet of how they're going to do this and one of these sisters who will absolutely remain nameless decides for the sake of this woman's salvation to sacrifice her integrity for a moment and like the font if you've never been in a mormon church and seen the font situation it's sort of like essentially a tub and usually you can access it from like the men's restroom and the women's restroom but those doors lock and usually there's like a accordion sort of foldable doors that shut in front of it so most of the time it's like completely closed off so they close those doors and they lock the door from the men's restroom and she goes in through the women's restroom and she has to attend this baptism like the time is ticking at this point it's probably like less than an hour so they don't have time for her to like change into anything or like go home to get clothes so she removed as much as she needed to and she like walks into this font and like tries to step on the plug to get it to go in the drain and she still couldn't get it so she gets out and removes the rest gets well she gets redressed but she didn't want her hair to be wet for this baptism that was like she needs to like try and look presentable she can fair yeah, enough Yeah, people yep. are gonna be like were you swimming in the font like so and she's, that's yeah so she's like it's not working and her companion was probably like guarding those doors and you know like they're trying to figure it out so they wind up having to bring the elders into the situation so she's like fully dressed at this point to be clear they bring the elders in and they explain what's going on and they're like, well, why don't you just go in and step on it? And she's like, I tried and it's not working. And they're like, why don't you try a broom? And they're like, we tried. It's not we working. Tried that. Like, when Thanks, you have elders. to ask the elders for help, like it's you've already tried every logical conclusion. Like you're desperate. So a billion percent. <laughs> so, no offense, elders. No offense, elders, but a little bit. So she they asked these elders and essentially this some elder had to be like a sacrificial lamb and take everything off so that he could go in and push it in with his hands, like push the plug into the drain with his hands. So before this woman's baptism, both an elder and a sister were naked in the font. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know why that is so funny to me, but there's just something about like the irony of like the sacredness separating elders and sisters and like staying modest and oh my god missionary work (laughs) is so missionary work is sold as like this like sacred work and i always think of like the paintings people had like the missionary apartments of like the sister missionaries like praying with like the armor of god on them you know like looking in the mirror i'll put some pictures in of what i'm talking about but like then you think about moments like this where these sisters in order to like do their job as missionaries were like i'm getting naked and i'm going in that font and same with the elders the elders were like i guess one of us has to get naked and go in that font so like we get there and the sisters and it's like an hour 45 minutes before the baptism which means you did not empty the water and clean it out you left it at is Mm -hmm. as is so she could yeah, and I don't know why they had to tell us this before the baptism, because I was losing my mind the whole, and I hadn't served in this area. I didn't know this person. I didn't know anyone there except for, like, my companion and the missionaries, and I'm, like, losing my mind. Like, in my head, I'm like, is this even allowed? Like, is this, does this count? Like, does that, does the fact that there was naked people in the font negate the priesthood power? Like, <laughs> So my apologies if either that elder like or sister when, are listening. Uh, um, but Chandler and Joey story. have to pee on Monica when she gets stung by the jellyfish, and then no one wants to tell them like the story or like admit to like who. <laughs> uh-huh. Like that whole the whole day that we were there, I just was like shifty eyes at all of the missionaries and this poor woman who has no idea and uh i did wind up serving there and i did get to know that person and she's fantastic and i don't think she's active anymore so it's it doesn't matter <laughs> it doesn't matter but <laughs> just oh wow oh that God. memory hit me like a fucking train like i can't believe we've when recorded how many episodes started to talk about this it i don't know if you were in the ward um or in the branch when uh, you're going to have to either like bleep or cut the names out. Baptized. And- I was, yes. Okay. I don't really remember it, but I remember bringing food to the baptism. Underwear came home with us that wait, day. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay. I'm still friends with him, and you are still friends with Wait, him. Wait, so it was either, I'm trying to remember, it, if it was Sister who was my companion or Sister. I'm going to have to bleep all these names. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, he had baptized someone, and my recollection, I don't know if we had gotten the jumpsuit from a different place or if we like offered to do the laundry. Like I'm, I'm kind of spacing on like the circumstance now, but that was probably my that memory, because I know as a missionary, I did baptismal laundry a couple times. So my memory is like gathering like all the wet stuff that was just like there and picking it up and taking it with us. Right. <laughs> So I'm in the bathroom 
and I'm like shaking it out. We're like home from the baptism. It's been a while. And it's like, oh, like we better shake it out and kind of like let it air dry. That way it doesn't like, you know, smell or whatever. So I'm like shaking it out and whitey tidies just drops. And I was like, I cannot imagine because when you are was mortified when you're a missionary like I don't know if in your mission but in my mission I had to read this talk uh, like about locking your heart oh yes we also we had a huge zone conference about it oh it was constantly a conversation like it's like you are not allowed to have any positive thoughts about people of the opposite gender essentially like while you are missionary yep. and they, they yep. put into this fear that like if you have any sort of contact with someone that isn't like a thousand percent like focused on missionary work that like your heart will unlock and before you know it you'll be like sneaking out of your apartment and you'll be like pregnant and you'll be like kicked off your mission and excommunicated and like everyone you've ever taught on your mission will fall away yep. from the church and you, it's just like it's, it's just really dramatic it's really dramatic and it's taken so seriously that like the idea of having like a young single adult guy's underwear because it's not like for some reason in my head i feel like it would have been different if it was like a married middle-aged bishop would have been like this is awkward and embarrassing but like because it was like a young YSA guy and I know this person he's like cute he's funny he's nice like the idea of having his underwear and in your him apartment. and I <laughs> were and still are really good friends yeah, yeah very close yes and that I was just like <laughs> this is just a part of our relationship I never ever thought did you tell cross. him yes he had to come retrieve them <laughs> I would have just thrown them away. Like, I would have just thrown them away and been like, that's crazy. We never saw them. I don't know where they are. I am going to have to go through my journals and see. I had to have written this down. So I'm going to have to go back and I'm I'm going to have to, like, double check, double check what occurrence this was. Because I was in that area for a very long time mm -hmm. and uh, saw a handful of baptisms. But, yeah, that you telling that story just – I had completely forgotten about that experience and similar to you just like came whoosh, like rushing back and is like hold up i can't believe we haven't talked about this because you and i know these people mm -hmm. and it's just so funny because you were like in and out of the branch while i was there like going to college and coming back and so like some things you missed some things you were there for and like it was so long ago that it's kind of hard to remember like you know well, and where you were and if we were together when it happened. I know I was there at that baptism, but I had not heard this underwear story until now, which oh is kind of God. crazy because I don't, Hilarious. I don't know if I we've am... talked about this on the, I feel like we talked about this maybe really early on in the podcast that like when you were a missionary serving in my area, like I would go hang out in your apartment, your missionary apartment oh, yeah. for like hours oh, yeah. at a time. <sighs> <laughs> want to hear a really funny story do you want to hear the backstory of us catching you and s decorating our apartment oh yeah that's a fun story well should i tell my my half first i mean it's not very long but um i don't even remember doesn't matter because mine's not very long either oh, okay well just i don't remember the circumstances of it but we had a friend who was also a member of the branch and her and i would go and hang out with you guys and um 
we would like bring you guys food and like go hang out like uh and for some reason I don't know if it there was like a birthday I don't think it was I think it was just we wanted to like do something kind of weird and crazy and fun so I mean when you don't when you live in Wisconsin and you don't drink there's like not a lot to do because there's nothing our like hello our baseball team is like the brewers like we <laughs> we really like to drink so we went to like the dollar tree and we got a bunch of like balloons and like she had these like paint markers for like drawing on like a car like on glass in her car and we're like we're gonna go and decorate their apartment door because your apartment had this like glass sliding door that mm-hmm. went like out like right into the parking lot so we could just like walk up to this glass sliding door of your apartment yep and we're like we're yep. gonna go decorate it and i think we brought like pizza or something too or I don't know. But so we were like I don't think you brought food because you did not know we were coming back because it was in the middle of the day. We oh, caught you. Oh, that's guys doing true. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I don't know. We went there a lot. But we were like fully in the middle of like decorating it. Like I was like mid like taping something, like taping a balloon to something. So you you guys just pull up and we just like slowly turn around and <laughs> like make eye contact with Man, you as you're below like in the balloon. That's like <laughs> when we were driving and pulling up is like is that Megan <laughs> blowing up a balloon? It, they are decorating our apartment. <laughs> I'm terrible at surprises. I tried to ding dong ditch my aunt and uncle like a, during the pandemic when we you like when people were taking it really seriously. So I went to go ding dong ditch my aunt and uncle and they were like sitting in their driveway outside and I was like, "Well, this is awkward because <laughs> I just hey, like I was, pulled up and was like, "Thank you, but uh, hello, you're sitting there, so here you are. I'll leave it here at the end of your driveway since like we're still <laughs> in a pandemic, so I can't really like hug you. I'm just terrible at surprises. Like I've pulled off one surprise party in my life, and well, you uh, did get me real good. I've attempted a few with the Utah thing. That's true, uh, but I had Isaac's help with that. If it was just me, I would have been calling you from the airport and been like." So I need a ride. <laughs> <laughs> Which wouldn't have surprised me. <laughs> so that day we were out tracking and I needed to, I was having one of those emergency poop moments and every gas station we went to had no bathroom. And I don't know what it is about Wisconsin gas stations, but it's like, if they have a bathroom, it's always outside, like not connected to the gas station, especially in the in that specific area. I don't know what it was about that area. If you but... go to like a nice, like a fancy ass quick trip, beautiful yep. bathrooms, immaculate. Yeah. But there are but quite a few little like gas stations. Literally yeah. anything else. And so I was like, well, crap, we don't really have the miles, but no pun intended. Well, crap, <laughs> we don't have the miles, but when nature calls and so you don't want to be we we didn't go back out that day either we pulled up we thought it was fucking hysterical that you guys were decorating our apartment we didn't see it necessary to go back out because we had a less active member and a new convert literally sitting in our apartment (laughs) so why would we go out when we could 
kill two birds with one stone I and you guys were there you, all the time yeah i think that your philosophy as a missionary like really influenced my philosophy as a missionary because i was totally the kind of person i was like if a family invites us to dinner and they want us to play jenga with them like i'm playing fucking jenga i'm spiritually obligated to play jenga with them. <laughs> like yep yeah um you use it to your advantage as best as you can. Mm -hmm. And like the thing is, is I, I hated the lock your heart concept because I don't think that you can lock your heart and be as best as you can giving unconditional love to someone. You know what I mean? Well, and it's like, yeah. I know the whole entire concept is, you know, between, you know, teens and dating and sex or whatever but but everyone... even you're not allowed to be with like we had to have the sacrament brought to our apartment once because i was sick and like our mission president was like okay you need to have a priesthood holder but like he has to bring his wife or whatever you know like yeah there, there's because all, you're not even about, allowed like, to numbers. be alone yeah with like yeah your bishop who's like over you in a sense like responsible for your like spiritual well-being while you're serving in their ward like even then it's like okay well you can't he can't be alone with you while he's like bringing you the sacrament while you're like barfing your brains out like just even that situation it's like logically as missionaries as the bishop as the bishop's wife like we all understand like nothing's gonna happen but we're still like okay like it's the rules so we do it there's not i mean that's one of those situations where it's like do you really have agency to like do anything or mm -hmm. is everything just a test of your obedience like constantly yeah this is actually a perfect segue into talking about the bite model which yes. is actually one of the things we thought we were going to talk about today and it looks like we actually are, we are. although <laughs> surprise surprise did you want to tell me about adam on diamond oh shit i forgot about that <laughs> you never so did and I have to know. Well, I did because I texted you. No, okay. actually, no, no, no. I do remember. I do remember you te us texting about this a little bit. Yep. So I don't know if this is. I just saw a conversation occurring in a group that I'm in, and they were. Someone was perusing the church's website, um, and came across something. Uh, it, it's just a screenshot so I'm I'm assuming it's like somewhere in the gospel topic essay area of of the website but it it says do Latter-day Saints believe that the Garden of Eden is in Missouri so I saw this and I texted Megan and Megan what was your answer it was a screenshot well and I asked you like were you taught this uh you said the church is trying to deny that they teach that the Garden of Eden was in Missouri. Were you taught that? I absolutely was. And then you sent me screenshots, and then I responded with screenshots from... Oh, yeah. We both sent screenshots to each other. <laughs> yeah. But mine are from the church's websites, and they're from, I think, an Ensign, and it's like, ask a question in an Ensign, and someone asks a question, what do we know about the location of the Garden of Eden? And the response yep. from an Ensign that's still on the church's website 
is part of it is the prophet first visited jackson county missouri in the summer of 1831 the prophet visited jackson county again in april and may 1832 on one of the occasions or perhaps both the prophet joseph apparently instructed his close associates and perhaps even a general church gathering that the ancient garden of eden was also located in jackson county Mm -hmm. which is frustrating because even in that they're like allegedly supposedly maybe even within like their own answer to a question on their own fucking website but like again it's like the planet thing like why do all these people think this like why is why has why has the church allowed people to believe this and to teach this and to sort of allegedly hint that the prophet joseph smith taught this to like maybe a few people maybe a whole group of people and then now it's suddenly it's like well i mean we don't really know and it's not really important like i don't understand what's really going on like what is going on like why is it like every time you turn around the mormon church is trying to gaslight you into thinking that you don't even know the doctrine of your own church and the reason that you think you don't know the doctrine of your own church is because it's constantly changing and even the fucking like general conference saturday session thing is it's there's gonna be people who um when general conference comes are like i thought that saturday session was canceled like because it's not clear and it's not Mm -hmm. consistent and you can find church that is the same today yesterday and forever apparently changes all the time depending on what you google like for real well (laughs) and so i sent you a screenshot um like in the comment thread that i was reading somebody went to fair mormon um which is a very popular website for progressive doubting mormons to go and answer and get some apologetic answers for some of these like big confusing questions and one of them is is it true that mormons believe the original garden of eden was located in missouri and Fair Mormon responded by saying there is substantial cir- circumstantial evidence that Joseph Smith taught this. Right. So again, and it's like, well, we don't really know, but probably. Even the apologists <laughs> like, are saying, yeah, looks like he did. And the thing is, it's like, I used to make jokes that if the prophet said that we all needed to start gathering in Missouri, that I was just going to pack my bags and go, you know, because that's that's what they teach you in the church, you know, follow the prophet, he knows the way, mm-hmm. follow the prophet, don't go astray. And I also heard the same sentiment from a lot of other people as well. Yeah. And I even would hear members say, like, you know, a little bit before conference or whatever, like, like oh, man, like, Things are getting really bad. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to announce like this temple in Jackson County and they're going to ask members to go there. Um, I asked Isaac about this when I was reading it because I was just like so taken back by it. So I was like, it's like Adam on Diamond. They even have pictures of it in the back of my quad. Mm hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, people and visit the church, it. The church owns the the grounds. Yeah. And Isaac was saying, I, I I haven't seen it myself, so I will be interested to do some research and see if I can find it. But apparently that the church the church has like plans, you know, for this location that they have to build like 
a bunch of meeting houses and a bunch of temples like all connected to each other kind of like a compound if you will for you know that time where everybody is doing temple work and so we're like having this conversation and in the back of my head I'm thinking like oh my god like I can tell you like every ward that I served in every ward that I lived in as a member like this was just taught this was common knowledge and a discussion and the thing that the church says <laughs> we do not know exactly where the original site of the garden of eden is while not an important or foundational doctrine joseph smith established a settlement in davis county davies county davies davis davies Anyway, and he taught that the Garden of Eden was somewhere in that area, like knowing the precise number of animals on Noah's Ark, knowing the precise location of the Garden of Eden is far less important to one's salvation than believing the atonement of Jesus Christ. So the church is literally telling you, it doesn't matter what we said. It doesn't matter what you heard. It doesn't matter what you were taught. It doesn't matter at all, and even though this is what was said. Yeah, and I think when we were texting about this, I responded to you with sort of I brought up the fact that like the church when I back when I first joined the church, which wasn't that long ago, um 2014, you know, it was like having a knowledge of these like random and like specific like deep doctrines as people would call them, like you know, having a really thorough knowledge of like not just church history, but, like, just being so involved in these, like, random, <laughs> random details mm -hmm. um, was, like, important to people. And um, I think I, especially as a new convert, like, I viewed people who would say things like, well, you know, at some point in time, like, we'll be all called to, like, gather in Missouri because that's where the Garden of Eden was. And I was, like, kind of, like, impressed and blown away that people, like, could know all of these, like, specific things and uh, that this church knew, like, where the Garden of Eden was because I, growing up, sort of always was led to believe that the Garden of Eden might not have even been on Earth or it might have just been the whole Earth or it might have just been a story used to illustrate, you know what I mean? Like... And the Mormon church is so, um, I don't know, they're so stubborn in their, in affirming that they know the truth, that like they are the only true church and that they know as much as they need to know and then some. There's so much danger with them pushing that narrative when they have so many discrepancies like, all across the board right and like right no matter where you look yeah and now it's like all of a sudden it's like well it doesn't really matter where the garden of eden was and we don't really know and we don't really need to know and That's same gaslighting with the, to me same with the planet thing it's like well it's like sugar plant sugar plant i can't talk today sugar, sugar coating <laughs> sugar coating it's i seriously have had a really long day <laughs> but it's like sugar coating the sugar coating gaslighting like mm-hmm we're going to put a little sugar on it, but we're still going to tell you that none of this is actually Yeah, same with the important. planet thing of you can find in the scriptures and in church um, documents, I guess, many, many instances where, like, people are told that if you're faithful, if you're, you know, celestial kingdom worthy, like, you will get to create your own worlds and live on those worlds. And 
be as God is sort of thing. Uh, and then the church is just like, well, we're not a hundred percent sure. Or even if we are sure, like it doesn't really matter. Like that's not what we need to focus on. But it's like, which is it? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, when I joined the church six, seven years ago, it was like the cool thing to know all the deep, extra specific doctrines. And now it's like, well, we don't really know. And it doesn't really matter. Like, we just need to be focusing on Jesus. (laughs) Which they hardly focus on to begin with. For real. Yeah. So anyway, that was a very backwards way to get to that but yeah we that just kind of uh threw me for a weird little loop there you know and it's one of the many reasons the church can be classified as a cult because you know them them controlling the information that you have the information that you see and then telling you not to look at other sources you know, that's, you know, that's information control. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've talked about informed consent before. And, you know, does it matter if God really does live on a planet called Kolob, or if the Garden of Eden really did, you know, take place in Missouri? Like, no. But when it's in Sunday school manuals, and this is something that you hear you know, without even batting an eye, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, people are saying it and people are talking about it and you're going to Institute and people are having deep dive discussions about it Mm -hmm. and it's no big deal, you know, and then to be told it doesn't really matter. It's not important to your salvation, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well then why, if it's not important to my salvation, then yeah. Like why was I learning about it in Sunday school? Like why was I, wasting my time essentially learning about something and trying to understand something that now the church is saying doesn't really even apply to me at this point in my life yeah um and i think it's i think a lot of people now are pretty um pretty accepting of the fact that like you know noah's ark for example taking theirs is a fictional story yes yeah well, I most, most people, people, but also most people, but I I do know Mormons that you know kind of kind of actually legitimately. Well, I would say that, not. But only, I have I would also say not only Mormons, but I think Christians in general. I mean, Christians in general, especially if you're going like fundamentalist Christians mm-hmm. or just more. And, yeah, no, I don't want to say less progressive, but but orthodox. Yeah, um, I think a lot of Christian religions believe in that and and there's there's essentially nothing wrong if you want to believe that that happened and that helps you to have faith in whatever then that's fine that's great i think the problem becomes if you are believing absolutely everything that like your church whatever church might be teaches you is like literal like then you get into these like sticky situations where it's like should I be moving to Missouri? Like, you know, because that impacts your life, your family, your job, your finances, your education. Let's go like back your... to the story you told about the font when you were sitting there wondering if somehow the situation prior <laughs> to her baptism, like, mm-hmm. interrupted 
because they're so intense about it like if a hair doesn't go under they make you do the ordinance over again yes exactly mm-hmm. you know everything is so if you to don't the say the words and... exactly and yep yep and so yeah they they really do breed perfectionism into everybody yeah yeah I mean, in one way or think another. about the like 12 year old boys blessing the sacrament that are like forced to do it over and over again or can you bless it when you're 12 i don't remember passing the sacrament i suppose when you're whatever 12. it is whatever it yeah. is i mean you're a kid forced to do it over and over again in front of like a couple of hundred people uh because you misread a word and that even would happen in like the ysa branch that you and i oh have yeah both attended and it's like that's a really small con a really small congregation and very small it's like i don't know it's awkward it's embarrassing it's uncomfortable and it does sort of breed this perfectionism where you feel like you have to go into every situation knowing what you're going to say and how you're going to say it and i remember being in relief society sunday school and like rehearsing in my head what i was going to say like and then i would raise my hand and like then i would say it because i cared so much about saying and doing the right thing and that on its own there's nothing wrong with wanting to say and do the right thing but when it becomes this like constant like mental check of like am i doing things as perfect as possible then it starts to like turn into um like a self-destructive way of thinking because there's no way you can ever be perfect so going into any situation expecting to be perfect you're like automatically giving yourself this anxiety and this stress like you don't need because you as a person are already experiencing anxiety and stress in new situations uh which i think also can go along with the bite model if we do get into it um in terms i literally i i pulled it up because so we are all over the place so if you're still here thank you you're interested in talking about the bite model the bite model is essentially a way to uh, identify the markers of what classifies an organization as a cult. Now, we've mentioned Scientology. Most people believe and agree that that would be classified as a cult. Um, It's not just religions that can be a cult. It can be just about anything. MLMs, uh, sororities exactly yeah yeah, i'm having brain farts but yeah they're just about anything can have cult-like behavior however you know one or two things doesn't necessarily mean you know that it would be classified as a cult but several markers in all the categories would so the bite model stands for behavior control information control thought control and emotional control and that like self-checking thing of am i saying the right thing am i doing the right thing i would put into like thought control i yep that's what i would put in as well so i'm just gonna i just like went to google and i pulled up an image just so i could see like all things together um but the things in thought control um teach you to internalize group doctrine as truth duh Instill black versus white, us versus them, good versus evil thinking. Change your identity, possibly even your name. Um, okay, I feel like we need to go through these like one at a time. We do. Should I slow down? Okay. So what was... Yeah. So... Thought control. So the first one on the list is 
teach you to internalize group doctrine as truth. Yeah. And I think that goes along with what you were saying about like the Noah's Ark thing is it's like, yep. on the surface, if you want to believe that God flooded the earth and all the animals were on a boat, sure. But uh, in general, if you're, if you're allowing yourself to believe that, then you're allowing yourself to, I don't know, experience this like cognitive dissonance to where you can believe anything and which we've talked about before like believing in santa claus it takes some mental gymnastics but like you could get there if you really tried and being a mormon there is certainly this idea that if you have doubts about well really any aspect of the doctrine that it's like your responsibility to work on those doubts with god with your bishop with your family whatever so that you can overcome those doubts and there's like not for a moment the the idea that like if you have doubts then like maybe you're seeing something that others aren't and you should bring that to their attention (laughs) like that's absolutely not not even a possibility no so in thought control um one of the things in the list is teach thought stopping techniques to prevent critical thought yeah Doubt your doubts. Doubt your doubts. When a prophet speaks, the thinking is done. Mm-hmm. And even with, I mean, like when I think of like <sighs> so thought, thought stopping techniques, like, um, you know, if you're thinking something that's like lustful or something that's greedy or prideful of that Mormon voice in your head saying like, essentially like that's a th- sin to be thinking that way like um you know sing a hymn when you're feeling these feelings or memorize your favorite scripture and recite it to yourself use excessive meditation singing and prayer and chanting to block thoughts Mm -hmm. i mean it's just like every every aspect (laughs) use loaded language and cliches to stop complex thought remember when we were reading that quote and um i think it was holland and he was like you're a something investiture and we were like what Mm. say that again but he like says it so smoothly and he just like rolls over it and all of a sudden you you just find yourself like shaking your head and you don't really understand what the fuck he just said yeah i am a yeah which goes into induce hypnotic or trance states to indoctrinate Mm, little thing about the temple i mean you go to oh my god chandler's here chandler's arrived you go to i have arrived um Um, (laughs) no but yeah uh, the the temple temple, think about everything is repetitive everything um is calm everything's kind of quiet get down leonardo he apparently is here too um (laughs) cat it's cat hour it's like it's amazing we've gone so long with cat hour oh my god i know we've gone almost entire hour so far Mm -hmm. um yeah so everything in the temple dark calm uh they keep a temperature at like kind of like a warm temperature so it makes you want to like doze off the voices are monotone Everything is the same every single time you go. Nothing has ever put me. Nothing ever changes. Nothing ever puts me to sleep faster. Nothing. Has I need ever to get a hold of one of those than... videos for my insomnia. <laughs> That's a good idea. Oh my god, new business idea. Um, 
But I remember doing a session. I've done a few sessions, endowment sessions in Spanish. And when I was in the MTC in Mexico, we went to the Mexico City Temple and we did a session in Spanish. And uh, I don't, I think at that point in time, I understood like Jesus was Jesus and Dios was God. And like, that was pretty much the, the end of my like Spanish knowledge. And I like the, this beautiful man's voice, just like (laughs) doing the session in a language that like my brain was fully checked out of. And I'm was already tired because I was like a missionary, but Mm -hmm. I've never had to like fight my body's (laughs) desire to go to sleep more than in that moment like it was just i never could it's just so i mean now i know that it was that i had an issue with sleep because of the brain tumor but i would sleep every single time Mm -hmm. especially as a missionary boring and then you go your like reward for sitting through the really long boring endowment session is you go into the celestial room where it's like silent and the only thing you can do in there is like read the scriptures and pray or like maybe whisper to like your friend that you went with but even then it's like what do you talk about like how was it for you the same as the fucking last time (laughs) like same every time Same every time yeah people have got to be lying to themselves when they're like i learned something new every time i go (laughs) i'm like no you didn't I, i i know because i really tried to learn something too. new every time I would bring I went. like my patriarchal blessing. I would fast. I would write down questions. I hung on to like every word and was like, okay, like what could that mean that I haven't thought about what it can mean before? Like what, how does that apply to me that I haven't thought about before every time? And I would literally like give myself headaches because I was like trying oh, so yeah. hard <laughs> yep. to get something from what's essentially like Masonic rituals mixed with Mormon doctrine weird shit like yeah like yeah so check out in the our thought control video yes check out our temple video it's not even half of it y'all um but the last thing in thought control so we have instill black versus white us versus them good versus evil thinking and change your identity possibly even your name which um we do that a lot in the church actually so it seems pretty clear that the church is us against them you know we are good they are evil Mm -hmm. whatever um and and they really do oh man i i was uh scrolling and i found something the other day about one of the techniques that works so well is sending young people on missions because what it does is, you know, you go out with this companion, with this combined purpose, with all the vigor in your little heart, and then you go out and you get rejected over and over and over. And that instills the fact this, you know, it instills that black first white us first them thinking. Um, but it also gives someone comfort when they return to their fold. So when they go to church on Sunday and they're, you know, surrounded by their flock of people it uh continues to instill the idea of like this is safe this is home this is good outside bad yes and on a mission they absolutely change your identity they do it in the in the temple too so like everybody is sister or brother bishop so-and-so president so-and-so 
you go in the temple, you get a new name. What was your you new name? You go on a mission. Ruby. Oh, that's a cute name. That's my great grandma's name. I wrote in my scriptures, there's no place like home. So yeah. But yeah, you um, get a new name in the temple definitely. and then you go on a mission and you're like don't even you're not even allowed to use your first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still have my yep. tags. I have very few things from my mission, but I have my tags. And the one that I wore the most, I don't know that like I'm so attached to it and it carries like so much meaning, but I was wearing that when I had like pretty much every like pivotal spiritual experience, good and bad in my life. Yep. It's just crazy yep. and it doesn't even have like my name on it. Like it has like my last name and like the church's name, obviously. That that's more important than you having an identity yep. when you're a missionary. Yep. Yep. So that's thought control. And if you ask me, the church hits every single one of them. Yeah, I agree. Some more than others, but at least there's every single one. So we've been recording for a little long and we don't want to lose sight of the bite model conversation. So we're going to wrap it up now. We're going to take a little break and the podcast and we're going to come back and record for part two. Yes. So So we will, we'll see, well, I'll see you in like a minute, but we'll see the rest of you (laughs) uh, next next time. time. (laughs) Make sure you like the video, give it a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. Hit that notification bell. If you are audio-only fans, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff, you can listen to us there. Instagram, TikTok, send us an email. Tell us your stories. Yeah, if you have any crazy – I mean any crazy mission stories, but specifically like baptism stories. Baptism, (laughs) yes. Tell us your crazy-ass baptism stories. Yes. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the More Than Mormon podcast. If you made it this far, then you're definitely worthy to enter the Telestial Kingdom. Wait, is that the good one?